This is Blue 42. We're going to go red, right, tight, close, sprint, left, G, U, corner, half back, flat, on two. Ready? Right. Now here's your hosts, Danny O'Neill and Paul Gallant. Blue 42! Blue 42! Good morning, Brock. How are you now? Paul Gallant, winner. Yeah. Ha, ha, you know exactly what we're talking about. I subscribe to the theory. Let's go. Winner. I do know what you're talking about. I had a a few of my buddies uh, send me that, and and Ben Hartsock in particular, who I do some radio with, who has a a very strong take on that and feeling on that. And yeah, what do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, Pete keeps score, right? Doesn't he have a board up there to compete every day? Isn't that Pete's deal? But he certainly doesn't do it individually. Right. He doesn't doesn't line up two guys and say, okay, Tim Tebow versus Chris Manhurts. One-on-one special teams block. Winner, Manhurts. Yeah, I would say... Wouldn't you say Tom Coughlin may have been the last to have true, genuine, multi-Super Bowl success? And do it from that hard-nosed, just demand and challenge your toughness. You're late if you're five minutes early. You know, I mean, just 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 a military, you know, and, and Urban loves the military. And, you know, has used, and, and I've done a bunch of his games over the years. And, and he loves, and really, I, I think in many ways, tries to set up his program with that kind of discipline breaking his team up into pods as the seals would do and and you know that that is his approach i I would say danny i'm a little bit winner paul because i want to see if this can work you know i i do do i believe it will it better be authentic it better be through and through with every single fiber of your organization as it was with coughlin in those years of success and the guy doing it and leading it, he better he better equally be yoked in that and show the same kind of grit and toughness that and early and determination as Urban has. It's it's why it's led, frankly, I think, to some of his burnout and his health conditions over the years. So, oh, I thought it was just that he stops winning or gets accused of cheating and then quits. <laughs> I, think, I think there's many many fantastic tentacles uh, to this, and you look, know look- what. I'll yeah, I'll me, take the popcorn and sign me up to watch. Let me let me raise my hand and say this. Because Urban has shown such a great tendency for objectivity when it comes to personnel selection, there's been no hint of favoritism <laughs> or I don't know, giving a guy who hasn't been in the league in 8 years a spot on the active on the training camp roster so he could compete at a position that he's never played. I mean, Urban would never do something like that. I totally trust his objective measurement of one-on-one blocking matchups to determine roster spots. <laughs> Good. I like it. I like I I, I love it, O'Neill. So are you rooting Urban, for his- Urban Myers Urban Myers living right next to Joe Judge in Harry High Schoolville. <laughs> you know, Brock, you mentioned Coughlin, and yeah. this actually makes me even a little more skeptical, too. If you haven't listened to Aqib Tlaib's podcast, it's great, and he had Jalen Ramsey on a couple of weeks ago, and Ramsey just talked about how the Tom Coughlin experience basically unified the entire team against Coughlin, <laughs> you know, with all the stupid things like about that they felt were dumb, about yeah. getting there five minutes early, things that maybe would have been practical for no, getting a roster in check in the 1990s or something like that, but maybe not necessarily the case yeah. anymore. So yeah. it, it does; it definitely does have the potential to come back on him. It's just I, I, I think that he's he's done so well at every single level, and now you're giving him a possible once yes. in generation quarterback. I don't think it's sustainable. 
I don't think Urban Meyer is going to be there like Pete Carroll for 12 years mm-hmm. and sustain multi-digit win seasons year after year after year after year. I don't think it's sustainable. It wasn't sustainable as he climbed the ladder in all those other spots. College a little different, right, because he did climb from Bowling Green to Utah to Florida, and then obviously after multiple national titles left, won a national title and had, what, a 900 winning percentage at Ohio State over the course of his career. But, you know, not not sustainable for decades and decades. And remember, Jacksonville, you know, did did win. I mean, he he did win when he started with Mark Brunel and Tony Baselli and those guys. That's true. And, they and did add to AFC you know. Championship game, what, his second year? Correct. Yeah. So I, I'm not going to say it is doomed from the beginning. And I think there can be. If the talent is right, and, and as much as they have lost, and some of those players there have lost and not tasted success, you can you can change a lot of opinions by winning. And, and wow, this this works, man. This this stuff works. It's a pain in my you know what, but it works. But the minute it starts to slide, Danny, to your point, you start to lose. I think he'll be out, and I don't think it's overall for years and years and years and years and years sustainable at this level. All right, question two. All right, Brock. LeVar Arrington made the point that should Seattle lose or not enjoy the success that everybody's hoping for this year, he thinks that Russ's desire to potentially move on might be resuscitated. Here's here's the clip from LeVar Arrington. He was on Speak for Your Pizza uh, earlier this week. Time- because the first what? time there's some adversity this year, it's like, oh, there's no questions. It's a kumbaya moment for the Seattle Seahawks. That's great. But lose a game. Have a couple interception games. You're the reason why they lost. What's going to happen? Oh, you remember all those things Russ was saying about who he would go play for if he were to be traded? You remember how things were put out there about how uh, Pete Carroll doesn't have to answer to anybody in the organization? Oh, you best believe it's on speed, copy, paste, print. All right? Pressure bus pipes. Russ, you need to know that the pressure does and know your ceiling. LeVar with some strong words. Sheesh. That's on speak for your pizza? Yeah, that's we, we, we called it. it's that covers I think that gets for most of their shows. Because I can't ever like first take there was cold pizza. There's, there's first speak for pizza. yourself. Yeah, there's 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 all sorts of ones. But I think speak for your pizza just, just summarizes them all. We've basically accepted that this is probably Aaron Rodgers last year in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. We've turned the page and said everything's resolved between Russ in Seattle, and I think that's true for this year. Yep. Do, do you think there's... Think there's some merit to that, man. I, I was kind of nodding along with some of that. Now, pressure also makes diamonds. Mm-hmm. As Mark Jones used Ooh. to love to say, it bursts pipes, but it makes diamonds. And so it, it can cut both ways. Russell has lived under an immense amount of pressure for a long time here yep. uh, early on because of team dynamics and, and everything else. So I, I don't think it's going to be a pressure. But, I, yeah, if there is losing, if there is back-to-back losing, back-to-back-to-back losing, something that's never – I don't is, is Russ ever lost three games in a row in Seattle? I don't think he has in 10 years. Will some of that arise? Yes, it will. Will, will it arise from Pete and Russ? No. Could it arise with a small, tiny fragment in the locker room? Possibly, though that's not Bobby's nature. That's No. I don't think it's Dwayne's nature, but will it arise from the people that this affected the most? And those were the fans on the outside. Yes, yes. I, I think you will hear, you will hear that from fanatics. You, you know, just as they didn't love 
Uh, and I think he lost some Q rating in that and, and most of the response. And I don't think this was just Twitter, but most of it's like, come on, man, this isn't your brand. This isn't who you are. As Salk likes to say, you didn't even do this particularly well, right, in, 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 in that process. So I don't think it'll be Pete. I don't think it'll be John Schneider. I don't think it'll be Russell. I don't think it'll be Dwayne, Bobby. I don't think it'll be any of those on the inside. But I do think there will be pressure and more added noise from the outside if there is some of that, as LeVar said, unprecedented losing. That brings us into question three. It was a rough day, Brock, for the offense yesterday. You had the, I think it was two interceptions, four fumbles. There were bad snaps. There were bad snap exchanges. There were bad handoffs. There were overthrows. And there was a moment in practice that really cracked me up. And I just think, you know, good old-fashioned trash talk. But after Russ held on to the ball for a while and took off and scrambled, Bobby Wagner told him, quote, you're going to have to pass sometime, end quote. As he ran back to the huddle, he was holding the football on long. It's regular to see mm-hmm. bad days at the office for an offense in training camp, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, you're going to absolutely have clunkers. I- I'm curious on a couple fronts. Um, and by the way, quickly back to question two. <laughs> Which, yes. as you said, leads to three. Can you imagine if Sherman were still here? I because, wish he was for that moment. Because, <laughs> I right? I mean, was. if it, or, you know, just, just some of the, the tenor of that Legion of Boom and, and, you know, their voice being heard on that. Like, they would have ramped up, I think, some of that pressure internally. I don't necessarily, I'll stand by what I said, don't necessarily think that's the makeup of this crew. Paul, to answer your question, I watched your video yesterday, enjoyed the two and a half minutes of it as you were processing. Were you in your car in the parking lot of the yes. Seahawks facility? Yeah. Needed the air conditioning. Yeah, you did. And you needed just some time to kind of process it, and you, and you laid it all out there. And, yeah, there were clunkers. And there were days that Mike Holmgren blew the whistle, start this crap over, and, and didn't say that word. You know, like, this is this is ridiculous. What was the tenor on the field? Did That's Pete, what surprised me. Because did Pete lose it at all? No. Did Shane Waldron, his first real adverse day, did he And I guess you, you wouldn't expect either of them to because that's not necessarily in their DNA. And based off of what we're learning from Shane Waldron, it sounds like he also is kind of affable. So I thought at some point they might pause things and say, hey, let's, let's figure this out. Maybe not in a Bill O'Brien yell at everyone kind of style. Yes. There was a moment where everyone came together, but I don't know if that was just because they were switching – you know, what was going on at practice. Um, so, yeah, I did not get that sense on the field. And there's not that voice. There is, there's no Doug Baldwin. D- Doug lost his mind. Dwayne Brown is, is holding out. He would have, if he's on the field, I bet you he, he lets it be known. He didn't like that nonsense, right? I, I bet he, he barks a little bit. That's not Tyler Lockett. Uh, DK would be next to me, is, is, is hopefully a guy. I mean, that's where you want it. I don't want it from Pete. I don't want it from Shane Waldron. I don't need it from Mike Solari. I, I would hope on a day like that, and, and maybe it's done internally. Maybe Russ gets in that room in the offensive meeting yesterday and is like, enough, that, that, that can't happen. That won't ever happen again. But, you know, that, that speaks to, you know, I think some voice that needs to resonate and take some ownership on that side of the ball that you may have one of those in training camp. You better not see another one. It's... It's always such a funny sort of process of watching a new offense and you get worried about how it's going. 
There's a little bit of this that's inevitable, though, right? No and maybe doubt even about a good it. Sign, right? You got a new you got a new offensive coordinator. Russ Russ had they changed offensive coordinators from Daryl Bevel slash Tom Cable to Brian Schottenheimer, but even Pete said seventy percent of our playbook remained the same. This is this it's is different. A, this is a, this is a new offense. There's there, no there doubt probably about are going to be some stumbles. Oh, I I would bet every dollar in my savings account. There's going to be, and you know, last year they came out gangbusters, right? First half of the year, historic stuff numbers wise. Russell's QB ratings and explosive plays and yards. I mean, it was just un- unbelievable. Um, and I think continuity in that helped. And obviously, the second half of the year, you know, a lot of that deteriorated. And unfortunately, it you know, or fortunately, it coincided with the defense coalescing and getting better and in, in winning a bunch of those games by their play on that side. But yeah, there will be. I said that to you guys a couple weeks ago. There, there will absolutely be stops and starts and struggles. It is a new language. Everybody's trying to get on board. There's new personnel, and frankly, there is a first-time play caller. First time since his BBNN days that he's in the in the booth calling the shots, and there is a learning curve like ours in an airplane that that will come, and that he's going to have to have under his belt to grow and develop. So, yeah, I, I there's there's going to be a learning curve to climb. There's no question in my mind. That is blue forty two. Brock, the Tom Coughlin example has me thinking because I've generally the the guy that I always point to is when when Mike Singletary sent Vernon Davis off the field in the middle of that game and it was against the Seahawks. I remember my reaction just being that's that's not going to work. Correct. Like you can't you can't you can't do that. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna publicly challenge your players and it's going to yep. be about toughness and manhood and authority, like you're not going to last. Like who you can't. Were, be, who were the only ones, Danny, collegiately that have come from the college game? And had NFL success. Jimmy Johnson. And Pete he Carroll. was tough. He, He's tough. He, he was cutthroat. He was business and it was cold hearted and he was super, super demanding on guys. It was Pete Carroll. I'll say this about Jimmy though. Jimmy was that way, but Jimmy wasn't that way in public. Right. Like Jimmy wasn't Jim, Jimmy wasn't all those stories came out afterwards about the guys that he would cut and sort of to send a message like in public. He did not he did not make a big show of how 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 demanding my system is like he did that all behind closed doors. I really think that there's something about the fact that Urban's doing this publicly and mm-hmm. that Joe Judge is doing this publicly that 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 that's the real problem with it. Not the actual like how to try to create toughness and accountability. Yeah. It's doing it in your system, being out in front of it. Like, this is the way we're going to do things and winners and losers. Sure. I would say, too, I brought that up with Jimmy and Pete. What did they also have? Incredible success collegiately. They brought a track record of national championships. This Mm -hmm. is the way you do it. And Urban Meyer, unlike others that have come to the college game and and flamed out, you know, his success in multiple national titles at multiple places. I mean, he's bringing that kind of pedigree to it. It's not Joe judge. It's not, you know, coach up in Philly, Nick Cesario. It's not any of that. I I got a track record, you know, maybe at the other level, but so Jimmy and so did Pete and I know how to win. And, um, and I think that that can carry, as I said, man, on the short term can carry a bunch of weight. He is Brock Heward. We're going to check in with him again next week. We'll have some, Football games, some some preseason football to talk about. Hall of uh, Fame first... game. You excited, Brock? Yeah. Yeah, I am. <laughs> and I think I told you guys I'm more excited to actually be there Sunday, Sunday night at, at Peyton's induction. So flying out. Ooh, that'll be cool. 
Sunday. And so, yes, uh, hopefully we'll find some time. I may have to be a little later on Monday um, or earlier or what have you, but we will check in from Canton uh, and fill you in on how all that. I'm really looking forward to that, seeing old teammates I've not seen in 20 years and see Tom Moore, see coaches, see just, you know, the people. And it's quite a class that's going into Canton on Sunday night. So uh, a bunch of stories coming your way next week from that experience for sure. Have fun. Travel safe, Brock. Okay, boys. We'll do. See you. He is Brock Heward.